talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I'm back, baby. <laughs> yeah. After yeah. a week where you tried to kick me <laughs> off, I have risen. I've returned. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the audience responds to that. But welcome back. It's good to have you. It's uh I didn't listen to last week's episode out of protest and also because I didn't want spoilers. So I honestly have no idea what went on and we'll be making no reference to it. uh, Well, it was great and seven million people listened to it. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We're doing a spinoff. Just the PSU wrong about love is blind coming to you weekly. (laughs) it's it's done though right the show is done it is done but all the there's all this information coming out about the behind the scenes and the couples and one of the couples got back together and then there's a couple that everyone loves and they got a dog and there's just so much there's just a whole culture around it now oh my gosh okay (laughs) well let me know when season two comes out maybe i'll watch that (laughs) yeah but i mean yeah it's good to have you back it's been a while since we've done a pop culture roundup so lots of good news i mean it's weird that yet again we were physically in person and still didn't record a podcast together (laughs) literally every single time that you are in new york or i'm in houston there's some kind of like time sensitive thing that we're recording on the following week. So it just like doesn't work out because this week's episode on Thursday we're doing on The Bachelor. And oh, yeah. I have to watch like 17 hours of it this week because it's a <laughs> two night finale. Despite there only being two girls left, it's ridiculous. And I hate my life, but we no, could not record you're this week. You're excited. You want to find out what Peter's mom is on about bring bring her back to me bring her back i I can't wait yeah honestly um but yeah you were in new york you were here for a whole week i was on vacation in michigan so i only got to see you for like a couple (laughs) of days but it was a fun time (laughs) yeah for all our listeners there we do have we do have fun together sometimes you know i mean True, you did complain when i dragged you out to williamsburg for a vegan brunch but Other than that, I feel like, you know, we managed to keep our disparate attitudes um, to a minimum. We found a we found a space we could coexist. Yeah, we went and saw the musical Six, which is on Broadway right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, And I really did not know what to expect going into it. Like, I I knew it was good. It's like pop star versions of Henry VIII's six wives Mm -hmm. and it was just such a delight and so much Mm -hmm. fun and also only 80 minutes so you know you just love a like get in get out kind of show (laughs) it was great um i sat next to you the whole time you were like feeling the emotions it was a good good run (laughs) it was pretty yeah because my husband and i did rush for his brother and matt and so we ended up getting two separate sets of tickets and so I was like, well, I'll sit with Matt so Rob can sit with his brother Rory. But when it was so fun and it was great and I was so enjoying it, all the different, every different wife is sort of based around a different style of pop music or like pop, pop star. And so it was so fun. And then at the end, it just, it just carried this emotional punch I was not expecting. And I got so emotional. Like I was about to start like convulsing with sobs like this was this is bigger than like the five feet apart like 
(laughs) bigger than a wrinkle in time but i was sitting next to matt and i was like i can't i can't start like crying in (laughs) front of matt like he'll judge me so hard so i was like i was like wiping tears away i don't know if you even noticed i was like oh yeah it's fine i'm fine (laughs) no i was so entranced that like literally there everyone else in the audience could have like died of coronavirus on the spot during the show and i would have been like this is great this is fantastic let's bring on another song (laughs) i know it was so fun it was like taylor made for me it was you know pop music feminist messaging it was anti-male, <laughs> basically. All female cats, all female musicians. Like I was I was in my happy place. It was it was a it was a treasure to me that I'll never forget. Okay, but like okay, a couple of things that I wanted to bring okay. up. Number one, so I got home after the show, which was great, and I started listening to the cast album, which yes, is on yes. Spotify, which is very good. However, the cast album, yeah, it's the UK version. And I think that the US girls are better. And I was like, who are these people? And also, (laughs) when are we going to get a US version of this? Because, like, the vocals just aren't as strong with some of these British women. Yes. I mean, it was like, I was like, maybe I'm just biased. Like, you know, it was so exciting to be there and have no idea what to expect. I hadn't listened to any of the music, but there were certain elements and it was a more diverse cast for the U.S. show. And there was like a Asian woman playing um, Anne Boleyn and she had so much fun, like spunky energy that just doesn't translate in the U.K. version. And I think similarly, the um Anne of Cleves is a little more low energy than we got and so it was sort of like oh I wanted the I want the U.S. version really hard and I researched like when it's coming out but they haven't announced it yet so I'm very anxious I want them to do it and I want it to be as like powerful and and like will they for sure do it did you see I don't know they haven't announced it so it's like I think most end up doing it like you can like Matilda for instance I saw in UK but they also have the Broadway version Interesting. so I'd be surprised if they didn't but the reason it hasn't come out I think is because this was technically still in previews so the opening oh, night okay. isn't till I guess I guess tomorrow I think is when it opens. Oh my officially. gosh. Look at us. We're so ahead of the <laughs> ahead of the ball. My we gosh. We really are tastemakers. Yeah. Taste makers. My gosh. <laughs> Usually I'm like seeing shows, you know, it's like the seventh cast that they've cycled <laughs> yeah. through. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Wicked. Have you heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> but we should probably get on to some yes, of yes. the news of the week. Right. Do you have a story that particularly tickled your fancy? Yes, uh, I was excited to talk to you about it. It's a little bit old, but I think it's just so interesting. So Ryan Johnson, who directed Knives Out, was doing a piece for Vogue where he was dissecting a scene. And in the scene, it's the whole family together. And he let this little tidbit out that I found so fascinating. But he said that Apple will allow you to use their iPhones, no problem, except that they don't let you have, they don't let the bad guys have iPhones on screen. And so he was like, that's why Chris Evans' character doesn't have, is the only member in the like rich family to not have an iPhone. And he was like, I hope I didn't just spoil some of these, some of these mystery movies coming out. But that's like a tell is that Apple will provide iPhones for you, except for bad people or danger, (laughs) like bad, evil characters, which is so fascinating to me. That is 
very interesting. But also, like, at the same time, I don't... Like, Rob, your husband, doesn't have Mm -hmm. an iPhone, right? Yeah. yeah. And, And this weekend... I, like, sort of noticed that at one point, but, like, <laughs> was like, oh, no, that's an iPhone. Like, I thought it wasn't, and then I looked at it, and I was yeah. like, oh, no, that's an iPhone. And then later, I was like, no, wait, that's not an iPhone. So I you honestly so think that I can't, I like, I couldn't tell anyways. So yeah. I will definitely be in a movie theater in the next Who Done It, like, trying to figure out and be like, oh, that person doesn't have an iPhone. That's the bad yeah. guy. And then they'll be like, no, that's an iPhone, Matthew. Yeah. You're just an idiot. <laughs> well, and some industry people came out to like clarify it and they were like, Apple is actually really good at giving free products for people to use in movies because it's such good product placement or whatever. And so they will give free iPhones to people like Ryan Johnson. But um, one of the examples when it was in eighth grade, um, the main character throws her iPhone across this room at some point and it shatters. And mm-hmm. Apple was like, well, we're not going to let you crack our phone on screen. Like, it just can't shatter, but she can throw this free phone. And Bo Burnham was like, well, it's kind of important. So they just used one of their personal cell phones for the scene. So there's ways around it where if they don't want the free merch to, like, use as props, then they can just, like, get iPhones on their own. You know what I mean? So... Okay. So not a foolproof. That's interesting. There's, there's loopholes. So Ryan Johnson didn't spoil everything because maybe it was just a low budget film. And so they just bought iPhone. They just used iPhones for everyone or bought them off of eBay or something. But yeah, or everybody bring your own phone to yeah. set. You'll be using <laughs> yeah. it for the duration of the film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Love it. But what about you? What story do you got? Okay, this is... um. Oh, which one of these should I go for first? They're both sort of similar, but also... Okay, let's do the more serious one first. So, Woody Allen decided Mm. that he needed to write a memoir, which is like, why? Who asked? Um, (laughs) Yes. For those of you unaware, Woody Allen is a director. He's rather old. Um, (laughs) He made a ton of movies that were very successful in earlier periods of his career. And then recently with the Me Too era, there's been some shady things come to light. I mean, it's been a long before the Me Too era, but yes. 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 But he's finally like um g- like paying People are for what he did. Themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They don't want to be associated with him. But <laughs> yeah. for what but for whatever reason, he's still like it's very weird because there's different levels of like being canceled as we've come to find out <laughs> in recent years. You know, where there's some people like Kevin Spacey who you feel like okay they're done they're gone they're never coming back and then there's other people who are sort of like wait I they're bad but they're like still around and Woody Allen <laughs> is still making movies because I guess people in Europe don't really care if you do horrible things yeah. to uh, minors mm-hmm. so so they finance his films over there anyways that's not the <laughs> point of the story the point of the story is that he decided he was going to write this memoir and Hachette which is a French book company, but, you know, also has a U.S. branch, and the U.S. branch is the one publishing it, decided that they were going to publish this book that he's working on. (laughs) Needless to say, people were riled up about this, one of whom is Ronan Farrow, who is Woody Allen's stepson? Yeah, I don't know if he was ever legally adopted, but when he was in the relationship with Mia Farrow, he was a child in the house that he helped raise (laughs) 
Yes. And Ronan Farrow's book was also published by Hachette. And his book, Catch and Kill, is all about like how he was investigating the Harvey Weinstein scandal and how he's mm. been a part of a lot of these like Me Too um you know, journalist searches for like who is doing bad things in Hollywood. So it's like it's a conflict of interest that the same publisher is publishing Ronan Farrow's book and is now also publishing Woody Allen's book. So Ronan Farrow released a statement that was like, no, I don't like this. And Mia Farrow also released a statement. And so then it started picking up news. It started getting traction. And the employees at Hachette were like, we don't want you to publish this book. So <laughs> last week they staged this huge walkout where everybody from the company or lots of people from the company who disagreed with them publishing this book just got up in the middle of the day and left, which mm. prompted the publisher to then cancel Woody Allen's book, which Pretty sort of cool. makes sense. But the interesting thing here, I think, is this debate on like censorship, because since the book was canceled, some prominent people, including Stephen King and other people who obviously don't agree with Woody Allen, have come out and been like, well, I don't think that we should just be able to, you know, like anybody's opinion that you don't like or you think has done a bad <laughs> thing that we can just cancel the book. It's sort of like a slippery slope so i don't know it's so it is weird because like this isn't necessarily saying well woody allen doesn't have freedom of speech because if he wanted to self-publish right. this book he could definitely do that um if he just wants to like put it up on a blog post like no one is saying that he can't say anything but at the same time publishers are a sort of like gatekeeper so i don't know it's it's an interesting it is interesting very situation. interesting. I kind of feel like it's an over-exaggeration to think this falls into, like, censorship or, like, book burning or whatever. Because this isn't, like, a published book that an elementary school is, like, banning because it's too mature. It's, like, a book that knows its profits are going to come from people reading this salacious gossip. Like, it's it's marketed based on a man's bad behavior, basically, because you can't talk about Woody Allen without knowing about this scandal. And so it's really, I mean, the book wasn't done. It's not censorship. It's just they realized it was a bad choice on their part. And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, it's just, I think it's crazy for, like, Stephen King to care about this Fight because Woody Allen is successful. He's made movies. He's still a millionaire. He still has a bunch of famous people in his circle willing to hear his thoughts. So it's just like, let's talk about how the book publishing world has silenced a lot of other voices before we worry about them silencing Woody Allen's, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, and would, the choice to publish Woody Allen's book, I think, was poor <laughs> yes. on so many levels. One, because obviously we're going to get a lot of backlash. But two, like, who is buying this book, you know? <laughs> like, I don't think that this book is going to be interesting in any way <laughs> yeah. or really about this at all. Right. I think he's just going to be talking about something completely else. It's like, who wants to buy Woody Allen's random memoir? Like, nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were seen on the streets carrying this, you'd be, you know, like, get the stank <laughs> eye from so many people. Like, no one is yeah. buying it. But it is interesting, then, that this is being lumped in with all of the, like, um... Like we talked about the American Dirt saga yeah. and like who can tell whose stories and, and all of and like these YA books that are being canceled. Publishing is just a very interesting place at it the moment is. of like who can like who is who can get published, who can't get published, who's getting canceled, who's not getting canceled. Like 
Yeah. All very. It's a, I know. It's, it's a, a messy, messy world. And it's it's like even book Twitter has like so much drama going on on it that it's just oh, it's always mesmerizing to dip into that sometimes. <laughs> um, but similar drama, uh, Disney Plus has gotten into some issues where last week they announced that they were moving uh already announced love simon spinoff to hulu because it was not family friendly and um love simon is a young adult romance about a gay couple and so the spinoff was sort of i don't know how it fits into the love simon universe but it was clearly going to feature another gay romance and they had planned it for disney Wait, plus did it announced have it the for same disney actors or no, no. so no. i think it's just okay. like I think it might have some of the same characters, but not like the main set of like actors. You know what I mean? Interesting. But okay. they pulled it and they're like, we'll put it on Hulu because it's just too, it's too much. You know, <laughs> the alcohol use and the sexual exploration would not fit in with their family friendly content is what they said, which is wild because Disney plus features hours. I don't know. So many hours of Marvel movies, very mature content, a lot of sexual innuendo, a lot of alcohol use. I mean, Thor literally becomes a alcoholic for laughs in like the final movie, you know? And so it's like, there's clearly a difference here that they're presenting their LGBT romance with. And I think that was a lot of the outcry. But what was interesting is Hillary Duff reshared this headline on her Instagram and was like, Oh, sounds familiar. And so then everyone freaked out because, as we all know, Lizzie McGuire was announced as a reboot on Disney+. Plus. They got the entire original cast back, including our beloved Gordo. They shot a couple of the episodes. We got some behind the scenes of Lizzie looking like Lizzie. And everyone was so excited. And then it was suddenly like, oh... We fired the original director. We're trying to find out if we can find a new one. We just need to find a new direction. So when Hillary Duff tied it to this Love, Simon drama, immediately people were like, oh, my gosh, was it because of similar issues? And so the creator finally, the original director finally came out and was like, yeah, they wanted to sort of make it family friendly and I had had this vision of you know Lizzie is literally like 30 years old at this point like <laughs> like it's not like a kid's show anymore but it's for kids who grew up with Disney and so then Hillary Duff got on her Instagram and posted a long like notes app plea for Disney to allow them to create the Lizzie McGuire they wanted and just move it to Hulu if needs be because now she saw that that's working for Love, Simon. And so now Disney hasn't said anything either way, but it's just like wild to me that Disney, I mean, it's not, this is like, a, they're a monopoly at this point, so they can do whatever they want, but Lizzie McGuire reboot wasn't for people with children. It's like for people like us who are just like, oh, nostalgia, like, let's see where my favorite character is and like have fun with her being a single adult, like living in some city, making, you know, going through the hijinks we go through. But now it's just like homeless and we'll never see the light of day. And I'm very sad about it. Well, this has been an issue, I think, from the jump, sort of, yeah. that is rearing its head in a weird way. But when Disney Plus was announced, it it was iffy on like, 
well, what is going to be on Disney Plus versus what's <laughs> going to be on Hulu? Because I right. think Hulu was owned by Fox, which Disney bought out. But mm-hmm. also, so it's like the company has two streaming services. But also, it's like Disney as a as a company has mostly children's things. But also, you know, I think at one point they had like Buena Vista Pictures, which like they've done adult movies, like yeah. full on, you know, like adult themed R-rated movies. So like are you going to have that on that same platform? Are you going to do something like Netflix where there's like a kids version of the platform and also an adult version of the platform? Like how are you going to do that? So they decided everything that's family friendly is going to be on Disney Plus. Everything that has more adult content is going to be on Hulu. The thing with Love Simon I think is like do we know exactly the reason why they moved like specifically because if they are trying to go in more of like a euphoria kind of drive, I mean, maybe not even that extreme, but like if you I want to have, extreme. I mean, I don't think it's that extreme either, but if it's like adult ish at all, I don't necessarily think that, like, I don't know that the reason why they moved it is because, like, if this had been a straight love story, we would have kept it on Well, they Disney said Plus. it's the alcohol use and the sexual exploration, as they phrase right. it. Right. <laughs> but, like, sexual exploration can mean a lot of different things, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but anyways, but I do think that it's, that Disney sort of made a bad decision in, like, they have Disney Plus, which they want adults to right. pay for, not just people with kids, but like actual single full grown yeah. adults like us. So yeah. how are they going to get us to do that? Well, by having content that is like somewhat nostalgia, but also family friendly, a la like The Mandalorian. And so I think Lizzie McGuire sort of seemed like a good fit for that because it was a kid's show, but it's also sort of family friendly. But then if you look at all of the things that it can't have and that like, OK, it can't have swearing can't have sex it can't have you know like adult content then then it's tricky because you the reason why they're making the lizzie mcguire show is so that millennials like us will pay for disney plus if it's on hulu (laughs) then that sort of like defeats the purpose of having it so i don't know i think this is going to be an issue that they're going to run into a lot because also with like the marvel cinematic universe and marvel movies it's like yes to date like they mostly are family friendly but they're definitely superhero movies aren't intrinsically kids movies and same with star wars it's like at some point people are going to want to start making adult versions of this content and they already have made r-rated marvel movies and it's like well those will be on hulu but then others will be on disney plus you know it's just like what r-rated marvel movie is there well not not the mcu but like isn't but like aren't like um like is Deadpool Marvel? Um or is that DC? Like I think there's right. some of those like outliery things right. though that like the Punisher or whatever. Um <laughs> well those were on Netflix and were canceled because Disney didn't like them, but But yeah, no, I get your point. It's like at some at some point Disney has to decide how stringent they'll be on this like informature content division because i feel like what they should do is just integrate the two platforms just have it be disney plus and have it be like netflix where there's like where you can set child protection things on it and have multiple accounts so it's like yeah if you want your kids not to be able to watch pg-13 rated things or whatever Mm -hmm. you can set that and so little you know emma's profile like it only shows her kid stuff and then as she gets older you know you can like bump that up a little bit that's what they should do and then i think that would cause them a, it would relieve them a lot of a lot of this stress too yeah and they're just they're just being 
cowardly babies about it and just care about their bottom line, but they're being very limited in how they think about how their bottom line can grow. Cause it is true. That's like, I doubt families would cancel their Disney plus subscription to all these Disney shows. If there was a gay romance on one of the shows, but oh, no, you would get so. a lot more people who would be like, wow, that's great. I want to watch that. Or especially similar with the Lizzie McGuire stuff. So it is weird that they're being so short-sighted because it just seems like they're missing out on this huge, huge audience of people who realistically well, that, are not watching PG content. That's why I think that the Love, Simon thing is probably less to do with Simon being gay and more to okay. do with the type of... Because if you are going to have like frank conversation... <laughs> Well, if it's something that's more like sex education-y, I mean, that's not like euphoria, but it's like, I think that what you don't want is to have a bunch of people who do have kids, have their kids fall into some show, and they're talking about something that's really explicit, and then you have all of these angry parents who do cancel their subscriptions. I feel like that's more likely... I guess I just of. pictured it sort of as the Love, Simon movie, which is a PG-13 movie, which technically falls into the Disney Plus parameters of no R-rated. You know what I mean? So it's like, it seems naive to think that the gayness isn't part of the decision for Disney, who who admittedly only shove, like, dis- only shove the LGBT community in like little bit roles where they can be like, see, look, there was a gay character in Beauty and the Beast, but it's a blink and you miss it and easily cut out for Chinese or more limited audiences. So I think it's just, you can't pretend that that can't be part of the conversation. Oh, no. I just think it's probably more of the sex thing. Because if you think about like though, like Marvel movies and Star Wars, it's like there's innuendo but it's and but it's like not super explicit in most cases and if people are going to be having explicit conversations about sex especially like in a high school which is realistic i could see how they would be afraid that you know like a 10 year old stumbles into this and then is asking their parents question and then their parents are like we're canceling disney there's a lot of how the LGBT community is hypersexualized, blah, 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 blah. But it'll be interesting to see Love, Simon and how how it actually plays out. Because to me, it feels like it will just be like the movie, which isn't sexually explicit, but it explores sexual exploration as in sexual identity. So we'll have to do a whole episode about it when it hits on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes out, then we'll know for sure what yeah. the situation is. <laughs> I guess I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, very but, generous. Um, <laughs> you know, I try. Okay, <laughs> somebody who should not be getting the benefit of the doubt is one of the drag queens on the new season oh, of RuPaul's yes. Drag Race. This story is just insane. So the new season just came out, or just the there was two separate premieres that um, that came out. There's 13, I think, new drag queens who are on the show, and. One of them is named Sherry Pie, and I guess this has sort of been brewing on Facebook for a little while, but it was just addressed, and when the episode aired this week, the new one, it came on with this disclaimer that was like, 
Sherry Pie has been disqualified from the competition for the way that she's behaved. Um, she will not, she's not eligible to win. She will not be at the finale because they do sort of a live finale, but we're not changing any of the episodes <laughs> for the sake of all of these other queens that are on there. Like we're not scrapping the season or whatever. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard when you, cause she's in all of these episodes and she's competing. So you can't really just like edit her out or it wouldn't like the story wouldn't make sense, you know, but so anyways, this happened. Um, so I was like, what in the world did this person do? So I went and looked it up and so Sherry pie is, is that's the drag name, but this, the man's actual name is Joey Gugliamelli. And apparently he was posing as a casting director for this Broadway show slash HBO series that he invented called bulk about like a guy who becomes, who uses steroids and becomes so muscular that he can't like get outside of a room. Like he just is so big that he can't fit Mm -hmm. outside of the room. And so he was like preying on his fellow acting schoolmates by pretending to be this woman, Allison Mosey, who is emailing them from a Gmail account, which that's your first clue if anyone is official and is emailing you from a gmail account you know that something (laughs) is going on um but kept you know interacting with these young actors who like wanted roles and they were supposedly being reached out to by people in prestigious positions at hbo or this like theater in new york city and he kept and so they had these long like email interactions with who they thought was this woman who was actually joey guglielmelli where he kept like telling them oh i need you to like send me videos with your shirts off i need you to like he would ask them questions like this is for the role but he asked somebody like how they thought the character would feel if they if the character stopped wearing deodorant and like how that would affect Mm. them just like weird creepy random questions and then it got so that was like one level of it and then it got even crazier where the fake person on the Gmail account supposedly was like, hey, um, so I can't, you know, my friend Joey is also like sort of casting. So he would be great if he could like come over and teach you some things. And so then Joey would like go over to this person's house, supposedly at the behest of the casting director, who's actually just him, and get them to do even more creepy things, climaxing in get him getting one person to videotape themselves masturbating supposedly for an audition reel for Mm. this tape which is just like so disgusting and disturbing but also the the series of events and the amount of forethought that had to go into this is is like disturbing on a whole nother level but anyway so now this person's bopped up the show but is still on the show so we're (laughs) gonna have to deal with this like creep being on camera for the next however many weeks until they get eliminated yeah i saw that he like tweeted some sort of apology that was like yeah the apology was like (laughs) it was one of those like i'm sorry but also i'm going through a lot and have a lot of mental (laughs) issues that i'm working through and it's like well yeah lots of people have a lot of mental issues but that doesn't necessarily (laughs) mean that they're pulling these long cons where they convince their classmates to like pose nude on camera for them yeah so before all this were you a fan of um what is it sherry jones Sherry Sherry Pie. Sherry Pie. So the way that the premiere worked is like the first 
premiere, which was last week, was like the first half of the group. And then the oh. second premiere, which was this week, was the second half of the group. So he was in the second half. And so I didn't I only watched the episode after I knew all of this about him. Yeah. So so I mean, I don't know. So my view of him is tainted. I was like, oh, right. this guy is disgusting. You know, and every time he tells a joke, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a horrible <laughs> human. Get off yeah. my screen. That's but. interesting. I I mean, yes, it's so hard to like know how to navigate that as a show who has produced a dozen episodes already, but it's like that has to be a weird shadow over the rest of the season cuz I heard they get pretty far. Yeah, I mean, that's what people are thinking. The character Sherry seems like promising from the yeah. show, so I don't think that they'll be It's not like, oh, they look real bad and they're going right. to be gone next week. Like, I don't know Yikes. if they're going to be in there till the end but it looks like they'll be staying around a while yeah and also just like people have on twitter have been like well they should vet their contestants better and it's like well this is so weird yeah. and particular <laughs> it's like how could you ever yeah. f- find this out about somebody right. like only when he became famous and it became public that he was on the show did people come out and be like oh wait he did this to me and then like I think right. up at this point, there's eight separate people from like two different schools who yeah. are saying like, yeah, he ran this trick like multiple times, but those people wouldn't know that. I mean, right. they're, they were ashamed that they did this. So they're, mm. I mean, it's brave of them to speak up now, let alone before. And it's not like when you get cast on a reality show, they're like, who were your classmates in college? We need to uh, interview them all and see <laughs> right. if you ever did any like weird Ooh catfishing schemes that is unfortunate i know you're looking forward to the season so hopefully it's still it manages to somehow recover um (laughs) whenever he gets eliminated it will be a very fun sort of like schadenfreude (laughs) episode of like yes we got him so hopefully that's sooner rather than later but we'll see yeah well do you have any other pop news or should we move into our love it or hate it I mean, just the coronavirus is wreaking havoc on the world. And, like, <laughs> they've canceled South by Southwest and bumped the James Bond I premiere. Know, and and the Pixar movie did poorly in theaters this week. And so they're like, it was coronavirus. It, it yeah. was coronavirus. That's why <laughs> yeah. it did poorly. And it's like, well, maybe, yeah. but sure. Um, okay. Well, hopefully, you know what? If we get coronavirus, we'll be uh, quarantined and we can still carry on with our show. So that's a perfect we can do po- double. podcasting. Yeah. Double the episodes, baby. <laughs> just live podcasting every day through the corona quarantine um but for those of you who are trying to make it to the theater before the coronavirus shuts shuts them down i went and saw the invisible man which is probably a surprise to everyone who knows me but i'm a sucker for elizabeth moss and i had heard a lot of good things about this like this was one of the movies that from the trailer i really thought it was gonna get I thought it was going to bomb. It looked really dumb. It looked like the trailer gave everything away. This is the Elizabeth Moss um, movie where she's in an escapes an abusive husband and then he later kills himself. But she starts to believe that she's being haunted by him somehow, that he's not really dead and that she, he's found a way to become invisible and is now stalking and harassing her, which whew, not really my cup of tea, but I went <laughs> And I really liked it. I thought it was a very well done film. And um, this is from the director. Well, it's from a writer who's done a lot of like horror stuff like Saw and um, Insidious and all these sort of things. But 
His last thing he directed was Upgrade, which was the 2018 film oh, that Matt hated that I sort I of liked. I hated that so much. <laughs> but so this is a much more mainstream one. And um, it's obviously sort of based off of a very classic story of the Invisible Man, but just sort of turns it on its head where it becomes focused on the person he's harassing. And I thought Elizabeth Moss did a great job. No surprise there. But what was really interesting to me was how it was filmed because the trailer made it seem very like you know like loud and like well you know jump scares and this and that and like over the top like sort of campy horror but the general atmosphere was just uh tense anxiety as the camera would like do these long pans down hallways through empty rooms you never knew if the invisible man was actually there or if it was your own like tension and anxiety of being in the movie with it but it was just like very interestingly done and there were tons of twists and surprises that were not in the trailer and in fact a lot of the trailer wasn't actually in the movie yes (laughs) so it was a very clever i mean i think it worked because it ended up being a good film so the word of mouth carried it beyond just the bad (laughs) trailer itself but it's done very well for itself it's certified fresh i think everyone liked it and you saw it too yeah i mean i thought i thought that the trailer looked good my concern with the trailer was that i it showed so much i was like what could possibly be left in this movie (laughs) to show but it turned out that there was actually quite a bit that wasn't in the trailer and like you said some of the stuff that was in the trailer wasn't in the movie like there were scenes where i kept waiting like well, that scene where she says he's sitting in the chair yeah. has to be in this movie. And I'm like waiting for it. And then at a certain point sort of realize like, oh, this is a little bit of a bait and switch. And these things aren't <laughs> even in the movie, which I like because I hate when you go to movies like the example that always comes to mind now is that Hobbs and Shaw, where it's like <laughs> from the trailer, you know that they're going to whatever that island was and that they're going to like meet the Rocks family and put yeah. up a final fight there. So it's like the whole time they're going through stuff, you're like, okay, like when are we getting <laughs> to the island? When are we going to the island? And you get there with like 20 minutes left and you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know that all the family members are going to be like, we're going to fight with you, Rock, because it was all in the trailer. With this, there was a lot of stuff that didn't happen in the trailer. My one question about this movie, who was the the man that she is staying with? Yeah. (laughs) Because she she escapes her husband. Her sister, like, picks her up in a car. And then her sister, who is a lawyer, is Mm -hmm. like, oh, stay at this man's house. And he's like a a grown man who has a daughter. The daughter's the girl from... um, wrinkle in time but then it's sort of never explained like is that the sister's boyfriend is that a (laughs) friend of the sister is that a friend of elizabeth moss like yeah and then there's also no like you would think that there'd be some kind of like romantic engagement between elizabeth moss and this guy which there isn't so it's just all around like who like who is this person other than like just a servicing (laughs) like person in the plot well google i mean wikipedia describes him as her childhood friend the, but that yeah, that's never that's never in the movie. But what's also funny is I was confused about her sister too because she shows up the first time wearing scrubs. I'm pretty sure, like she visits the house in scrubs, but then she does go to like the reading of his will, as if she has some authority. 
And so I'm not really clear <laughs> on the classic what's going doctor on lawyer there. combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just had a little free time, decided to get her law degree. But yes, there were definitely some things that you could nitpick. Like my husband didn't actually end up liking it that much because he's a psychiatrist and there's a scene in the psych hospital that he just couldn't get over. I don't know why. It's like, come on. We watched Glass. Like, this isn't nearly as bad as that. Yeah, but psych. he didn't like Glass either, did he? <laughs> no, didn't he, he did hate not. Glass? He hated it. So this one he wasn't, he didn't hate, he thought some of the movie was good, but he just felt like a, it was maybe oversold as a great film. It was a little but, campy. Yeah. But I mean, it was fun. Like, was it the best movie that I have seen this year? No, but it was a good time. I'll give it well, that. Well, what is the best movie you saw this year? Is it Sonic? The Assistant oh, so okay. far. Okay. The Assistant. <laughs> the Assistant and Emma, I think, are both better than The Invisible okay, Man. Okay. Which well, I, for some fine. reason, keep calling The Invisible Woman. I don't under, I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. Um. Okay, something that I that you could watch during the Corona Scare is All the Bright Places, which is mm. on Netflix. Yes. This is a YA romance based on a novel. Which I read, but I haven't watched the movie yet. So okay. if you spoil okay. anything. <laughs> I mean I mean it's it's basically the book. You so you've read the book, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna spoil it anyways, <laughs> but um but yeah, I think that I, I also read the book. I think the book is good. I you know, like watching these YA movies sometimes. I it, <laughs> The quality of them varies so drastically that it's always interesting to see, like, which ones are, like, The Hate You Give, which are actually really good movies, and which ones are, like, Five Feet Apart, which are just dumpster fires. <laughs> and All the Bright Places, I think, is really good. It's, like, very artistically done. It's sort of a quieter story, so mm-hmm. there's not as much it's it's much more serious than i think a lot of these types of movies are there's some parts of the book that i found a little bit like a little too cutesy and a little like not believable (laughs) like this is clearly only could happen in a book and i think in the movie version they did a good job of kind of like smoothing some of those out so it is a little bit more realistic um so I really liked it. I don't normally like Elle Fanning. I find her like very kind of like dull. <laughs> but I thought that she did a good job in this or they used her well. Like, you know, like her the character fit what she right. can do. So yeah, it was ca- definitely it's kind like, of a depressed character. And so she is sort yes. of like turned in on herself and reserved yes. and quiet. So Yeah. Yeah. She's not called upon to be super charismatic, which I think <laughs> is good. Cause there are some movies where it's like, you know, she's trying to play somebody who's a little bit more like rousing and yeah. it doesn't quite work all the way. But I liked it. And it had the guy the main guy is the guy from Detective Pikachu. So, so cute. you know he's he's good. Um yeah. The, the, the music also the music is very good. Like the yeah. the, I guess the soundtrack is okay, but the score is phenomenal. The score oh, is cool. really great. There's a lot of like quiet moments where it's just like the score playing. Also, do you remember that show that we watched? Like I think that was the first year that we did the pilots, and it was like that guy who was a Harry Styles wannabe who like lived oh, with yes. that family. That guy is in the movie. The Harry Styles is in this movie. <laughs> so as like the boyfriend so (laughs) i was like oh there there's that i haven't seen him in a while but here he is (laughs) yeah i've been meaning to watch it i downloaded it for the airplane but then i was like no this deserves like a full screen experience so 
Yes, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I you I think you'll like it. Yeah, I mean, we all know that I'm much more forgiving with YA movies. They're kind of my cup of tea, and I I really loved the book. Like it made me, it made me very emotional. So, I think I'll I think I'll enjoy the movie. Plus, Detective Pikachu representation. So, the best thing that the movie did is in the book one of the characters insists on calling the other character whose name is Violet Markey, ultraviolet remarkable in like all the time. And it's like, no one would actually say that in real life. It is the stupidest (sighs) thing ever. And they very smartly were like, we're not putting that in the movie. So when, when I was just waiting for, for justice Smith to have to like plow his way through terrible dialogue that had that word repeated over and over (laughs) again. And when he didn't have to, I was like, Oh yes. Somebody at the studio or somewhere was like, this has got to go. And it did. And it was great. So thank you for that. I'm glad. Yeah. That would have just been too much for you. Um, But okay, that is it for this episode. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about this whole frigging season of The Bachelor, provided that I can make it through the episodes tonight and tomorrow night (laughs) that I have to watch for this. Uh, Are they both two hours? Do we know? I'm assuming. Yes. (laughs) How is that even possible? How? The last one will probably end up feeling pretty long, but... I'm excited. I think this has been a hot mess of a season that'll just be so fun to talk about. Yeah, it's, it'll be something. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>